This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Friday afternoon. What's up, everybody? Let's get ready for this weekend and uh, have some fun this afternoon here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. What's up? Great to have you with us. Andrew Patterson with you, along with Michael Remus, back at the Winnipeg Sports Talk Control Center. This is going to be a fun show to get into the weekend. We'll be following the U.S. Open all afternoon long with some live updates as uh, we get to round two of Tory Pines. Still, many of the top players, Brooks Kepka among them, teeing off later on this afternoon. We will have some primetime golf again to watch tonight uh, down at Torrey Pines. Now we're going to get to some hockey, a little baseball talk, but another wild game for the Jays last night, finding new ways to lose, a little NBA update. And Tom Mayonect will join us. The sport market himself will discuss single-game wagering in Canada and how that is looking going forward. Seems like we're pretty much at the finish line right now. And... We're going to have some fun with my guy, Jim Toth, former voice of the big show in the AM. Toth will come by. We'll get his thoughts on the end of the Jets season, the return of the Canadian Football League, his expectations for his Chicago Bears and Justin Fields this year. going to be a lot of fun. As always, we're brought to you by our great family of sponsors, Boston Pizza, Assiniboia Downs, Breezy Bend, Little Brown Jug, Not Autocorp, Nick and Nikki DQ Group, Royal Sports, Quebec Canada, and PolicyMe.com. Let's get Michael Remus in here to get things going. Remo, what's going on? You ready for the weekend or what? Oh, yeah. It's nice out. Uh, we can have limited outdoor gatherings with friends. Got to squeeze in the ones I couldn't get fit in last week because you only have five people. So uh, I'm looking forward, forward to uh, some time off in the sun, that's for sure. You know what? I'll be honest. We have been pals for a long time and have worked together for a long time. And I still, I was at your wedding. I still sometimes have a hard time wrapping my head around that you're married, never mind having a kid. But uh, it's Father's Day on Sunday, Reem. Your big day. All yes. about dad. What uh, What's going on on Sunday? Do you have anything planned or will it be a surprise? Oh, man. Uh, I'm not expecting anything. I don't know. These These aren't. I don't. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not expecting anything. So, and we'll probably just hang out in the sun. We got some new play structures in the backyard that uh, my son likes to go on, and we'll probably go to the park and uh, push him in his wagon. Just it'll just be a regular day. You're not going to demand uh, breakfast in bed, no. And um, you know, sit down, maybe log a 12 hour shift on the TV watching the golf or something like that. And uh, you know that that dad's day. No, my my time logging that much straight to TV time, unless it's like in the evening and it's like a long Jets overtime game going till one a.m. Uh, it doesn't <laughs> doesn't happen like it used to. Maybe on Sundays uh, during football season, I can squeeze it in somehow. But no, 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 it'll probably just be a uh, just a, ra- a regular Sunday. Huh? So at least that's what yeah. I'm expecting. Well, I will take this opportunity to wish a happy Father's Day to my dad and a happy Father's Day to your dad. Happy Father's Day to you being a father, my brother, and all the dads out there making it happen 24-7, 365. Great to have you all with us. Now, um, we got a hockey game tonight. We had one last night. May as well start off with the pucks. Um, listen, Tampa Bay, we knew, was certainly not going to be, um, you know, losing one game didn't make them... Uh, out of it by any stretch of the imagination. That was a great start for the New York Islanders. We talked about how that series line had dropped almost even money for Tampa and thought that might be a good play. And tell you what, Reem, it looks pretty good right now as Tampa 
Um, gets that big win, regains home ice advantage last night with that tight win over the New York Islanders. Yeah, big 2-1 win last night. Uh, they got the 2-1 lead. Game four coming up in uh, the Coliseum. How about Braden Point, man? This guy has been so good, scoring so many uh, big goals for the Tampa Bay Lightning over the last two years. Um, second period, uh, that was the winner. Didn't need too many, but when you got the best goalie in the league, Vasilevsky, uh, sorry, sorry, Hellbuck, but uh, I mean, he's been excellent. And Tampa, you know, that's what 18 million over the cap gets you, right, Huss? Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> exactly. But uh, I mean, they're very good there. And so they say you're the champions till you're not. And uh, I think we're on a, on a collision course here for a Lightning Golden Knights Stanley Cup final. We will see. I think that those are definitely the two um, most hated teams left. People don't like Vegas, their expansion team. You know, the fans need to go through some pain before they can uh, finally win, you know, get, win some playoffs. Yeah, I would say that, although, I mean, I don't know if people can't, don't like Tampa. I mean, I guess maybe there's some people that were a little the Kucherov thing. Them. Yeah, well, exactly. So, I mean, they maybe went a little heel this year. In Vegas, yeah. people resent them for their success so early. But if you want to talk about a team people hate, I will serve up the Montreal Canadiens. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of people that love the Habs, but there's a lot of people that hate the Habs. They're one of those teams, much like the Maple Leafs, where there's no middle ground. People are like, meh, I, I don't mind them. They either love them or they hate them. That's where I'm at. Um, after what Habs fans did to this chat and uh, how the media <laughs> and how the media there just were so were so mean to Mark Shifley. Uh, <laughs> uh, Habs are my favorite team uh, right now. I'll say I'll say that, but um, I don't know. I'm, and I think a lot of people who maybe don't like Vegas, they should be hating on uh, the other GMs around the league who gifted them uh, March or so and uh, Hubert, not March, March or so, and sorry, and uh, Riley Smith, you know, gifted them Alex Tuck. All the teams who protected, you know, who gave them two players to protect one backfired. And I, and I wonder if any GMs have learned lessons for next month's expansion draft. We will wait and see. I, I have a feeling that they will. Shout out to everyone that's with us live on YouTube. Got some great comments already in the chat. Shout out to yeah. Tacos Our Sandwiches. Uh, great Ooh. YouTube handle. Um, and Tacos with Sandwiches has a great uh, great comment. Has anyone found out how during a global pandemic, Jeff Petrie is able to get across the border looking like he was patient zero of a new <laughs> unknown disease? <laughs> Uh, yeah, he did look. He he looked out there, um, but uh, obviously in the lineup, and uh, that was uh, that cracked me up. Nicely done. Shout out to Frosty Leslie. Now, Besplit also ba wondering if anybody saw Bryson photobomb Brooks Kepka yesterday at the U.S. Open. Um, yes, I saw it. You can check my Twitter feed um, if you <laughs> if you're so inclined or interested in. That was something. Um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of save that. I'll do a bit of a U.S. Open update, get the latest on Bryson's round. Rory's out on the course right now. I'm still waiting for the likes of Brooks Kepka to get going, Xander Shoffley. John Rahm's out there as well. So we'll we'll do a, a, a bit of a, a leaderboard update in the middle of the program as well as a little bit later on for all of you that are with us live here today on YouTube. Um, but Remo, oh, oh, is this it? Okay, here we are. Look at the screen here. You, you can see Bryson there. He does the oh, yeah. jump. I mean, <laughs> it was uh, like, I don't know what he was thinking. Um, oh, maybe yeah. not much. He's so, uh, he's out of sorts in this. Uh, as I said, he's sort of, 
he's moved up a few weight classes when it comes to the social media game. And I don't think he's got the chops to go at it with Brooks Kepka. But um, listen, the, where we want to see these guys go head to head is in the final round of the U.S. Open, a pairing that everyone would love to see. And you want it to happen organically. Um, and I guess we could see it. Uh, I will just tell you right now that Richard Bland. Who? Exactly. Richard Bland, 48-year-old Englishman, is leading the tournament right now. He just got it to six under par. He's got a two-shot lead on Russell Henley. Uh, Henley had that great four under par round yesterday and tees off in about an hour or so. So um, anyways, interesting uh, name at the top of the list but many of those top contenders. And actually, a little bit later on, when we do our bid for Breezy, check on the leaderboard. We'll also take a look at our Winnipeg Sports Talk DraftKings contest uh, that um, 50 of you joined in with us. So good luck to everybody in that. Um, but Reem, back to the hockey for a minute. Um, very weird situation with the Montreal Canadiens. We are sort of joking about um, Jeff Petrie looking like he uh, wasn't well, just with the bloodshot eyes. But the Habs are dealing with a very, well, weird situation involving coach Dominic Ducharme, who is isolating at home due to, quote, irregularities in his daily COVID testing. Now, I believe you were mentioning that he apparently has had both his shots. So you would think that this is a false positive. Uh, but again, with this damn virus, I mean, who knows? But uh, man, what a blow that would be to the Habs to not have their head coach. Um, although a veteran team, they've been led by their leaders. I have a feeling they'd still come out well, but um, not a situation you want to have going into such an important game. Yeah, he had to cancel his Zoom conference call. He's at home isolating. He had his both of his shots, the second one being uh, June 9th, so less than the two weeks. I think this is just going to be a false positive. Uh, I think we've seen this before. We'll wait and see. Um, the only interesting point, the only you know, assistant coach behind the bench with some head coaching experience is Luke Richardson, who was the coach of the AHL's Binghamton Senators for four seasons. So the only one with pro uh, coaching experience. But, you know, I think it would be a, a blow if he wasn't there. But these are guys, they should be able to to play hockey even if their coach isn't there, right? I mean, what does a coach yeah. really do these days? Well, I'll tell you what that coach has been doing. He's been getting that team ready to go from the drop of the puck every single night in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah. And it was a huge part of, you know, what ended the Jets season so quickly. Um, and it's a big part of why they're 1-1 coming back home. I mean, you go back to game number one, Reem, and, you know, the first 12, 13 minutes of that game, I thought Montreal controlled the play. They had the better yeah. share of the chances, and they weren't rewarded. They did the exact same thing in game two, maybe even more so. Vegas wasn't quite as good, and they got that 2 nothing lead. And I just think back of spotting Montreal a 2 nothing lead in game one of the series in round number two. It doesn't end well if you do that. And um, this Habs team knows how to play with the lead as they've been demonstrating over the past two and a half weeks. Yeah, and I don't know what kind of luck Montreal's been getting these playoffs, but first round, John Tavares knocks out, so they're without one of their top centers. Uh, second round... Mark Scheifele gets himself suspended for four games. So Montreal going up against another team without a top center. And now for Vegas, Chandler Stevenson, who's been playing with Pacioretty and Stone. He's out. So three series in a row, Montreal goes up against a team without their top center. And Alex Tuck, who's been playing on the wing. I know Ken mentioned him yesterday, how well he's playing. He'll be on the top line tonight. So we will have to see, um, see how that goes for Vegas. I know they have a number of talent, but... That seemed to be a reasonable choice to move a guy up in the lineup, but hasn't really played 
that much uh, much center this season. I I think that um, I think Montreal gets one of these games at home. Yeah. I think this series is going to be two two going back to Vegas in a best of uh, a, basically a best of three. I'm not sure whether it gets to seven, but um, I'm not sure whether it's tonight or tomorrow. We'll get to the lines for tonight's game a little bit later on on Coolbet, but um, it, it is quite interesting. You know the uh, you know the opportunity that Montreal's afforded themselves by stealing game two and coming back yeah. with that one one uh, that one, you know one one series, and now I think they have that belief. And I think a lot of people that maybe wrote Montreal before this or Montreal off before this series, you know, dissing the North Division, which listen, I, I think we can all agree maybe the North Division wasn't as strong as some of the other divisions, but mm-hmm. you know the Habs have played very well to get to where they are right now, and they made a big statement in game number two that this is not going to be a walkover for the Vegas Golden Knights to go back to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, and I, I think Jeff Petrie coming back for them was huge, even with those red bloodshot eyes that everyone was talking. Didn't seem to affect his vision out there. Seemed to be able to play, you know, maybe his hand um, and his, you know, dislocated finger, not able to grip the stick as tightly as he normally would. But when you have those big boys back there, Edmondson, Sherratt, Weber, and Petrie, I mean, that's tough. And we definitely saw it firsthand. But I might, Huss, if uh, Montreal keeps winning, might have to put an asterisk. They, you know, beat three teams without their number one center. Well, well done, Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that happens to the Habs. Some magic happens at times. Yeah. As I said, you know, it was feeling like 93 a little bit earlier on. We'll see what happens tonight. Um, back to Tampa and the Islanders for a minute. Um, Braden Point continues to be one of the most spectacular players in the league. I think he's a lock for Team Canada at the Olympics, even if we maybe focus on some of the other players in that Tampa lineup. But Steve Simmons last night had a real interesting tweet ream. Here it is. Braden Point has scored 15 goals in his last 18 Stanley Cup playoff games. Hmm. He's signed for $6.75 million 10 days after Mitch Marner was paid $10.9 million by the Leafs. Marner hasn't scored a goal in his last 18 playoff games. Uh, part of that tweet, just speaks to the incredible value that Tampa gets from their players, Mm -hmm. especially a guy like Braden Point, who bought into, you know, being within the salary structure of that club, signing and and being in. And then you look at the Marner deal, and and man, the fact that Marner has disappeared in the playoffs and, you know, hasn't scored, when you combine that with the way that he and his associates, his agent and friends in the media bent over Kyle Dubas, and extorted them for that number. Um, this, this is going to be something that Mitch Marner, I, I bet if you went back and redid it, like he'd probably say, man, I kind of wish I would have taken a little bit less because uh, he's going to be rich either way. But the pressure now that comes with that, the tough decisions that, that this team make needs to make financially because of those massive deals. And then you realize that they still haven't got over the hump and won a series and then you look at what Tampa's doing with players like Brand, um, with Braden Point buying in at less than $7 million and producing the way that they have. I'm laughing how you say um, extorted there. That's funny. <laughs> but uh, to be fair, you know, Hus, there's no state income tax in Florida. So, you know, $6.7 <laughs> 7 there is just like $10 million in Toronto, right? Uh, I mean, kind of, but I, I kind of agree with you, uh, Mitch Marner. Um, he did, um, you know, kind of bend over the Leafs there and said, I'm taking this. And I don't know, maybe they felt like they had had no choice but to pay him. And now they got three forwards making over $10 million. I mean, that's fine if you want to get paid that. But if you don't show up in the playoffs like he has, 
you're going to get ripped. And I think that's uh, that's fair. I mean, he hasn't performed, and he'll be the one to tell you that. And uh, it definitely puts them in a tough spot. Again, paying three forwards over $10 million, and then William Nylander is being just under seven. I mean, it's tough to build a, to build a roster, uh, and you do maybe need some buy-in from your guy. I mean, as a player, you got to balance, hey, I want to win, but I also want to make as much money as possible. And like, if you can't handle uh, the heat, of you know when you don't perform, maybe I don't know. Don't don't take the money. I guess I don't know yeah, what to like, say. Like, listen, if Marner had been able to put up point like numbers, we wouldn't be having this conversation. And frankly, they probably would have beaten the Montreal Canadiens. And who mm. knows how things would have happened differently. Uh, but in in the context of the flat cap and where teams are financially, with the investment they have in Matthews, with the fact that they'd already paid eleven million to John Tavares. Mm. And now to just about get to that number for Mitch Marner. And we all remember how that went. I mean, it was quite contentious. It took forever to get done. Um, and, you know, respectively, Matt, uh, Nylander was sort of vilified for holding out. He didn't even get $7 million And, you know, he was the guy that was actually producing in the playoffs. But, um, you know, we'd spent a lot of time talking about the contract situation mm-hmm. here in Winnipeg, um, you know, with the the deals that this team has signed. Um, and I guess a lot of people were worrying with Patrick Laine, um, you know, I don't know how founded this was that he was looking for a Marner type deal. And, you know, that just wasn't going to be going to work for the Winnipeg Jets. And that somewhat facilitated his trade yeah. out of town. Um, all I know is that that story in Toronto, but Mitch Marner ain't going anywhere. Even if he has another great regular season, people will be asking how good could they be if he didn't work them the way they did. And, oh, that little issue of disappearing in the playoffs, too. Not a good thing. Yeah. The one thing I think when you look on back this era for the Leafs, I know we're getting kind of heavy into the Leafs, is that John Tavares signing. That signing was more of a, a want not need maybe they did need another center but you know again putting you had to know Matthews Newlander uh, Marner were coming up and to pay them all you know millions of dollars I guess it hasn't worked out I mean if it had worked out and they won a playoff round we probably wouldn't be talking about this but they keep you know f- f- uh, falling short in the playoffs so uh and we're kind of enjoying we do kind of enjoy their misfortune because they get all the coverage <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, most of Canada just kind of chuckles and uh, watches it. But again, that's the problems of their own doing. I mean, yeah, they've drafted well, but, you know, unfortunately, when it came to, like, I'll just say this Lou Lamorello and the job he's doing in New York with the Islanders, do you think he gets bent over like Kyle Dubas did by Mitch Marner and even Austin Matthews for that matter? I don't think so. And you got your car going forward, but the cost that to, to keep put that group together. Um, has it resulted in anything positive in the postseason so far? Uh, but anyways, it's Lou Lamarello still in it. Big opportunity for them to get back even on the weekend against the Tampa Bay Lightning at home. And tonight we've got a big game three between the Habs and the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, Remo, before we uh, get to uh, Tom Manick, who's just going to join us in a couple minutes, I do want to bring up the Blue Jays for a second. Did you see the game last night? Because the Blue Jays have had more, they found more ways to lose recently. And to be honest, most of it has had to do with the bullpen. But there's been some really concerning signs of the Blue Jays. I mean, they have so much talent, but they seem to be one of the worst teams when it comes to fundamentals I can possibly remember. And last night did what's almost unthinkable. They became the first team ever 
to fall victim to a one, three, six, two, five, six triple play in Major League Baseball history. Um, they've moved, they've added in some terrible base running along with the bad defense and bad bullpen to go with it. And despite all the pop in those bats, they can't win games right now. Yes, uh, yes, Hus. Um, sorry, I'm just texting with Tom. We're just trying to get uh, get him set up here. But the Blue Jays, I mean, their bats hasn't been the problem. It's been the bullpen. They can't hold a lead. And, you know, we were all hyped at the beginning of the year. And um, Julian Merriweather was, you know, throwing heat. He got hurt. And since then, it's all gone downhill. Um, so I'm not sure what to make of the Blue Jays. But they need some help on the bullpen. I don't know if they call up one of their arms from AAA to, you know, go, who's a starter to go to the bullpen. Or you trade for a guy. Um uh, I don't have I don't have an answer. I think so. it's time to make I think it's time to make a deal. And I'll tell you what, I think that the the bloom is coming off the rose of Charlie Montoyo. He does sort of seem like uh he's overmatched at times when it comes to, you know, certainly playing his hand when it comes to the bullpen. Well, Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, I mean, he's only playing like the guys who the GM gives him. I mean, these guys aren't getting it done. Um I don't know. You got to bring in some uh, outside help. This is a championship caliber roster you got here. Yeah, well, certainly the bats are. And, I mean, Guerrero continues to do incredible things. Bo Bichette's exciting. I mean, they are hitting right now, but, um, you know, ran into a pretty good Yankees team and just did not get the pitching or the defense at the same time. But what's even worse is when you essentially, um, you know, create the problems for yourself. And many of the Jays' wounds right now are self-inflicted. Well, um, we'll triple play. I mean, that's a play that happens in my, that kind of triple play happens in my slow pitch league, not in Major League Baseball. Well, the thing is, I mean, that's the first time in Major League Baseball history. Do you have any idea how hard it is to do something for the first time in Major League Baseball history? These teams play 162 games every year for over 100 seasons. The fact that this is the first time it had ever happened just goes to show that um, the Jays are finding new creative ways to shoot themselves in the foot and they certainly did it last night. Tell you what, while we get ready for Tom Manick to join us, let me tell you about our newest sponsor, Policy Me and PolicyMe.com. Um, you might think that, you know, you don't need life insurance, but yeah, you probably know that you do. The number one reason people don't get it, a procrastination. It's one of those boring life tasks that you know just keep putting off. And we understand why. No one wants to deal with pushy salespeople and mountains of paperwork. But honestly, life insurance is too important to put off. You're an adult now, guys. Getting life insurance is part of growing up. You got to take care of your family, your future, if something happens to you. And that's why they started Policy Me, making buying life insurance quick and easy. In fact, you can go to Policy Me and buy a personalized life insurance plan in less time than it takes to listen to this podcast. Uh, very simple. They offer affordable rates, roughly 10 to 20% lower than other insurers in Canada. It's an instant decision. You'll find out if you're approved for coverage instantly instead of waiting weeks with most other companies. And most people don't require a medical exam. And the bottom line is it's easy. It's straightforward. You don't have any of these awkward meetings you're probably dreading in the past. And what traditionally took weeks and involved confusing paperwork and insurance jargon can now be done in around 15 minutes through an easy to understand application. Very simple, folks. Do it. Get after it. Get proactive. And get to policyme.com, fill it out, be brief, and you'll get the information you need to know about your options going forward. And do us a favor, when you go to policyme.com and they ask you where you heard about it, make sure you click podcast. 
Um, do you want to give a big shout out to the guys at Royal Sports? Um, I'm telling you about all the great Euro gear we've got right now. And speaking of Euro, two games in the books already today. Sweden, one nothing winners over Slovakia and a 1-1 draw between Croatia and the Czechs. And, um, you know, whether it's one of those teams or, as you can see on the screen, the beautiful France jersey, Spain, the Portugal one is absolutely awesome. Germany, pretty good, cool, too. They've got all those there at Royal Sports. And while you're there, check out the camping section they've got, the new expanded fitness center, and at the back, an amazing selection of bikes of all styles, makes models, including e-bikes. And we know how tough it's been even to get stock in the bike industry right now in the midst of this worldwide pandemic. Uh, so Royal Sports, 650 Rallying AK, and the Superstore, 750 Pemina Highway, along with King's Skate, Skate, Snow, and Surf. Pop down and uh, tell them the boys from Winnipeg Sports Talk sent you. And, gang, it is Father's Day. We touched on that right off the top of the program. And while you're taking care of Dad, why not make Sunday and Father's Day that much more special with the family and do it with a DQ Father's Day cake? All sorts of uh, ready-to-go packages at the Nick and Nicky DQ stores, Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ on St. Anne's. Um, you can pop in there, grab an ultimate burger, maybe a blizzard for yourself, and then get the cake for dad. And the other great way to do it, if you want to get everything ready in advance, go hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. Nick and Nicky do some great stuff on social media as well with some contesting. You're going to want to be following them, but you can simply get your order in through Nick and Nicky DQ at DQ Manitoba and pick it up at any of the four restaurants. Make Father's Day special for dad. The weather's not going to be that great. So let him eat an ice cream cake all afternoon. Big thanks to Nick and Nikki DQ for their support of the program. All right, coming up in just a couple minutes, we will get to Tom Mayonect from the Sport Market and uh, Jimmy Toth coming up a few minutes later on. But just taking a quick look back at the leaderboard, it is still Richard Bland, 48-year-old Englishman leading the U.S. Open. Just got a couple holes left, and he's going to, I mean, he has a chance of posting six under par, which would be a phenomenal, phenomenal score. He's five under today on his round, which is, uh, as far as I can tell, by far the best round on the course. Uh, most of the players, if you can get to even par on this beast, you're doing quite well. Russell Henley's at four under. He's still yet to tee off, as well as Francesco Molinari and Rafa Cabrera Bale. Uh, the favorite going into the tournament was John Rahm, who, of course, had to you know, withdraw from the Memorial with a six-shot lead after 54 holes. Um, a lot of people thought that this would be his time. He's had a great run at Torrey before, and he's in a great spot in the top five right now. The other guy that's right there is Brooks Kepka. Brooks is going to tee off a little bit, about an hour, I believe. Xander Shoffley as well, two guys to take a look at. As far as the Canadians go, we've got Adam Hadwin. He's teeing off at 220. Um, he's in the top 10 right now, one under par. And just to show you just how difficult this course is, I mean, you put a number with a minus beside it, you're in very, very good shape. And Bryson, uh, Bryson seems to be paying a little bit more attention to uh, the golf and less to the nonsense with Brooks Kepka uh, because he started very poorly. Bogey 10, or he started on 10, bogeyed his first hole, bogeyed his third hole, but then put two more birdies in and an eagle on the 18th hole, which was his ninth, as well as one on uh, on one, gave one back, but Bryson is two under for his round, and he's at even par right now. 
Um, some other names to keep an eye on. We'll just take a look at the other Canadians in the field. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes is two over par right now. He's teeing off a little bit later on. And it looks like the projected cut right now, two over par. Well, we'll see. I wouldn't be surprised if that's probably more like, uh, well, shall we say four over par by the time we get to the end of round number two. All right, let's see if we've got our friend Tom Manick, the sport market, with us on the program. Uh, Tom, you there? What's going on? That's Lorena. Tom Manick, welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk. We're doing this in a little bit of a, 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 a different way than we normally do, but um, we've got you in here on audio, Tom, so you don't even need to worry about the computer. You can almost take that out, and we'll just get right to it uh, doing via audio. How uh, How's things with you? Well, I guess it's a, it's good to be old school with you in a number of ways, Hansel Ram. I'll make sure that I'm uh, uh, technologically properly plugged in for you and Michael next time around. But real pleasure to be on Winnipeg uh, Sports Talk Winnipeg with you guys. Very, very proud of everything that you've done. Very impressive uh, uh, start. Cool program. Love everything that you're doing and uh, honored to be on with you today, even if it's uh, old school by phone. Uh, no doubt. Well, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. You know what? I do want to get to the gambling situation, the single game wagering topic. But, um, you know, we've always had interesting comments about sports media in general. This is the first time we've talked about it on our program since we launched it in the aftermath of everyone getting blown out by TSN. Uh, interested in your perspective on uh, not necessarily what happened. We certainly don't need to rehash uh, a decision that I think many of us still can't believe happened. But the aftermath of all this with what we're doing here, what Matt and Blake are doing out in Vancouver, I mean, how do you see the way this business and the landscape is changing um, for those of us in the markets, but also across the country as we utilize this new technology? Well, you know, the, probably the best way I can put it, Andrew, is that we're going from radio to audio. And the genre is not really going to be known much longer as sports talk radio. I mean, it'll probably continue to be mainstream that way. But those in the biz uh, are going to be increasingly going from the term sports talk radio to sports talk audio. And all audio platforms, whether there's video or not involved, are really being represented by the work that you're doing, uh, the work that Sakaris and Price are doing in Vancouver, and that others are doing across the country. I think it's a new era, and it's been triggered by what I describe as uh, you know continuing demand for sports talk content plus a surplus of talent. And that surplus of talent um, needs and deserves a voice and people are reaching out to find it. And, you know, your, your earliest success represents that. What Sakaris and Price are doing uh, with Sakaris and Price is another example of it. And so I think you see an evolution to a little bit more of an on-demand uh, type of approach for sports talk opinion, content, information, highlights, humor, uh, you call it. I think it's going to continue to evolve. But I think if you see what's happened since February 9th, uh, when TSN shut down in Hamilton, in Winnipeg, and in Vancouver. Each of those three um, uh, talent centers has had people who have come back and come back really quickly uh, in terms of other audio, on-demand audio, streaming, uh, uh, streaming video. Uh, you've got Rob Fay of not only a, a sports bar radio, but The Nation as well. Uh, what you guys are doing, the Garrison Price, uh, Don Taylor and Rick Dollywall, Donnie and Dolly, uh, they've got a sort of a television home, a check, 
but the big part there is how they're repurposing their show on social and digital. And that's what I think you're going to see. The cool stuff that you and Michael are doing, uh, others are going to continue to do. And I think it'll just provide that many more content uh, options for people. And I think it makes, you know, our digital and our social platforms even more important moving forward. You know, I totally agree with you on that, Tom. And, you know, what is interesting, and we've learned a lot, you know, um, sometimes, you know, through mistakes, sometimes the hard way, and sometimes just, you know, every do everything for a first time, and you see what people like, how they're taking it in. I'll be honest, when we started this, um, and it's funny because we've had such great numbers on YouTube, but I really thought that our content would be consumed like 98, 99% via the podcast. It was going to be a podcast. We'd get it done, you know, at the time that we're doing it and we would fire it into everyone's uh, inbox at three, three thirty when they normally were listening to, to me on the, on the way home. Um, but Remus made a great point. Hey, let's do this on YouTube. It adds another option for people to come in. And I've always said, I thought there might be like 10 or 20 keeners that would care enough to kind of pop in and watch it. It's been the exact opposite. I mean, we've had the biggest success on YouTube, huge growth on YouTube and learned about the power of it. Um, and why it's so important to get people onto that channel and subscribe. And I guess really the only bastion that we're missing right now is the ability to have people listening live in their cars when so much of quote-unquote radio listening took place. I imagine as we go forward, you know, there'll be apps available that we will be able to do that. But, um, you know, we've also heard the feedback from a lot of people, Tom, that they prefer this. I mean, they enjoy the way we're able to deliver it. I mean, a lot of the content is, you know, straight running through. We don't have five minute commercial breaks, although we certainly do support the sponsors that have been so important in making it happen. And um, people are finding the best way that they'd like to consume it. And they're coming back day after day. Well, you know, let me make a couple of comments on that. Uh, You know, People are looking for options, and especially younger sports fans want to be able to consume the content when they're ready. Now, they'll look for the really good content like yours, but in general, they want to have the option of uh, of being able to get it, uh, you know, on their device whenever they want it. And I do think that the market will respond and providers Hardware providers, technology providers, uh, mobile phone providers, uh, telecoms will will respond and, as you say, provide apps um, that will allow people to uh, to stream live from their cars. I think that that is something you're going to see. You've got it, at, you know, in some senses already, but I think it's going to become much more available. Just in the same way that you know, high definition radio has provided the opportunity for, um, you know, AM uh, stations to sort of migrate over and sound like they're on FM kind of thing. And, you know, that is really important. So technology will continue to evolve. But the thing that will stay very much the same, people love talking sports. People love personalities they trust, personalities that they like and they connect with. Uh, quite frankly, uh, also personalities that they don't like. <laughs> and that yeah. sort of is what, what drives audiences, is that sort of combination, Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader kind of thing. So uh, what you guys are doing represents uh, not just the future, but the present. And, and think of what's happened during this pandemic in terms of how the landscape has shifted 
And again, I'm so grateful to know that so many colleagues and friends are being able to have the kind of success that you're having, uh, you know, on the YouTube side. And that's the, the last comment I'll make. I mean, uh, you know, Michael is bang on. It's really important. Younger fans aren't watching television. Uh, they're watching YouTube. And if you want to build new audiences to sort of share the sports talk and opinion, which, which I'll tell you, it'll provide avenues for younger fans to tap in the way that they can't right now. So I think that this can actually grow and wind up being a win-win proposition. Tom, let me ask you this. Um, you would be one of the best people to ask. Um, if we were going to bet in five years how this industry will look, how many sports radio stations do you think will be operating in Canada as we know right now uh, in like five years from now? Well, you know, let me let me go the safe route and then put a uh, a bit of a provocative asterisk beside it. the safe route is I do believe that will probably stay status quo. Uh, I don't think you're going to see more, even though uh, some uh, news talk stations have sort of brought the sports back to the news talk uh, side. And of course, um, you know, some of your listeners in Winnipeg, very, very familiar uh, with what Chorus is doing on that front. Same thing in Vancouver, British Columbia, or CKNW, which is very much in the sports business, um, you know, for for most of the 1980s, 90s, and into the 2000s, is going to get back into it, at least in part, and you're, you're going to see that. So they'll, I, I, I think that the stations that you see right now will likely be retained uh, for that five years, um, if not if not longer. But I don't think you're going to see new all-sports stations coming on board. What I will say is you're going to see a lot of uh, the kind of stuff that you're doing, a lot of people trying to provide streaming options. And then you're going to see something that I think is pretty cool. You're going to see people wearing different jerseys. Same, you know, content, same DNA, but they'll wear different jerseys. And what I mean by that is, uh, you know, in the Rogers Bell days, you, you couldn't really be a Rogers guy appearing on a Bell station and vice versa. But I think those lines, those heavily marked telecom lines are going to be blurred significantly. And you already start to see it happening where by guys like uh, Don Taylor are not only doing the Czech television stuff and then all the podcasts and streaming uh, that comes from that, but he's guesting on um, uh, Rogers um, uh, Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver. And so, you know, uh, Jeff Patterson also on the West Coast of Vancouver, classic example of that where he'll basically be part of three or four shows or he is part of three or four shows including his own po- uh, not including his own podcast and i think that that will um, make sure that the best in the business will continue to be accessible to the optimum number of fans the maximum number of fans so i think that's something that you're going to see um you know moving moving forward and then uh again i think you're going to see audio be the way the industry refers to everything to do with sports talk radio, sports talk social, sports talk streaming, 
uh, you name it. Well, and you know what, I can I can speak to that personally. I mean, you know, in the aftermath of TSN shutting down, I've had the opportunity to sort of help grow Winnipeg Sports Talk by going back and working with the folks at CJOB, and then got a great opportunity with Sportsnet in Calgary. I'll be doing the 3 to 6 show this afternoon, so um, there certainly is a lot of opportunities. And from our perspective, the ability for the first time to be able to have the Rogers Sportsnet guys on with us has been amazing. I mean, Ken Weeb's one of our best pals. And, um, you know, when he moved to Sportsnet, all of a sudden, you know, one of our go-to guys for our programming on TSN didn't happen. So it certainly is the best of both worlds right now um, for, for, for some of us. But again, still really unfortunate circumstances that affected so many people. Tom Manek is with us. Follow him on Twitter at the sport market. Tom, I do have to get to before we break with you on uh the latest on the legalization of single game wagering in Canada. It seems like we finally got it all the way up to the Senate. What's go what's the latest and how impactful is this going to be for the sports landscape in our country? Well, first of all, just, you know, inches away now from Royal Assent that will set the stage for all the provisions of the safe uh, sports betting uh, legislation um, that, you know, uh, Kevin Waugh in uh, Saskatoon has basically championed as a private member's bill. And full credit to him for the way he's positioned this as a sort of responsible gaming initiative, a safe sports betting a, a, a initiative. And also big credit to Joe Comartin of Windsor, Ontario, who for years has been knocking on this door, trying to get Canada to catch up with Europe and Asia, who have been a couple of decades ahead of the curve in terms of single event sports betting. And that's what Bill C-218 is all about. It will legalize single event booking. A lot of our listeners may say, well, hey, I'm betting right now. And you are. But if you're betting on a, a licensed network, you're betting parlay betting you're you're betting uh, two events or more uh, this is this will represent the first time where you can just openly bet on one outcome winnipeg blue bombers versus hamilton tiger cats in the cfl season opener you can put your money down there i've always said andrew that uh, I was an advocate for uh, licensed, regulated gaming. Uh, to me, the option of continuing to have stuff offshore, black market, uh, unregulated, uh, and not really knowing where the monies are going, you open up door two, which is the Bill C-218 door, where you're going to have all the single sports betting now um, uh, available through the provincial lottery corporations, through casino-based sports books, which will be which will represent massive growth over the next three to five years. Um, you know, people, what do you mean a sports book? Well, yeah, it's like the Vegas uh, sports book, except it'll be based on. Uh, you know, in communities here in Canada, uh, supervised under the auspices of the Provincial Lottery Corporation. Hey, speaking of that, Tom, Tom, just speaking of that, I did want to ask you, um, are things going to look significantly different from province to province? And um, do we know anything about how, in any of the provinces, how it'll be introduced? I mean, I, I, when you mentioned sports books, I think of... You know, certainly the casinos that are already working, and I know that's different from province to province. And you know, we've got a great relationship with the Cinnaboya Downs, and I know in talking to Darren Dunn over the past 10 years, um, you know, the, the dream, I guess, would be to have some sort of a sports book at the track, too. So you could go in, you're doing the horse racing, you also get wagers, you know, in there, put a 20 on a game, and, you know, operate it like you would at a Las Vegas sports book. I mean, do we have any clarity as to how it will be rolled out anywhere in the country? 
Well, you know, there's there's been a lot of talk, uh, you know, among the provincial lottery corporations. They've been spending a lot of time getting ready for this because the sense over the past year is that this was definitely going to result in uh, in success. And and the United States three years ago uh, had the Supreme Court ruling that. Uh, let the stage for uh, all the states now to determine if they were going to have sports betting legal in their jurisdiction or not. We're now two-thirds of the way, two-thirds of the 50 states have legalized single-event sports booking. Europe and Asia have been there for a couple of decades. In fact, we know that some of the biggest soccer clubs in the world have been sponsored by betting companies and by uh, betting uh, books and, 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 and platforms and portals. So um, in answer to your question here in Canada, uh, you know, I, I, there are some competing visions as to, uh, you know, who is going to be able to participate. But uh, the one thing for sure is this is federal uh, legislation. So the enactment of it has to be done in collaboration with the various provincial governments. Uh, and in the same way that all the lottery corporations work together on almost everything that they do, uh, for example, 649 and Lotto Max, uh, by the way, 70 Maximilians, $70 million, <laughs> a total of $140 million pot for any of you Jets fans and Bombers fans who want to try to cash in. That's record numbers. But that's a national property. It just happens to be implemented in each province by the lottery corporations. And and so uh, I, I think that's where the uh, fine print is going to become evident. Uh, what I am hearing is that the casino-based model of having various sports books and communities throughout each province is gaining favor and it'll likely go that route. You see what's happening in the States, guys. Um, Andrew, uh, is is that you've got um, uh, DraftKings sports books? Uh, you you've you've got, you've got all the different uh, uh, um, uh, Caesar sports books. They're popping up all over the place, and uh, that's going to represent the real competitive environment. You know, not unlike what we were talking about a few minutes ago in terms of sports talk and sports radio moving forward. Uh, I think you're going to see. At uh, uh, Investors Group Field um, and and at the newly named Canada Life Arena, uh, Canada Life um, Center in Winnipeg, within a few years, you're going to see True North put some uh, like a betting lounge in there. There'll be kiosks, in my view, right beside the uh, uh, will call where you can basically place bets on the games you're going to. Uh, there'll be a lot more cross promotion. And again, if you look at a current sports action ballot, it's basically home and visitor, right? Uh, as we move forward, you're going to see the logos of the teams because all the leagues want to be part of the revenue here. They're going to want to take a percentage point or two from uh, the handles. And that's what they'll do is they'll give all the logo rights and, and marketing rights to the provincial lottery corporations and the other sports books and we'll go for there. But a lot still to be determined. But I think that's the general direction that they're going to go and it will completely change the business of sport here in Canada. People are talking about the CFL. Well, the CFL will benefit, but it won't happen automatically. There's work to be done. And that's why these next few months are going to be so interesting. Tom, what a great conversation. Thanks so much for doing this. Um, Let's do this again real soon. Uh, Do want to get into a little bit more on the return and hopeful rebound of the Canadian football league and, uh, 
Uh, listen, uh, I, I'm a nerd for these sports business uh, topics, and uh, we love having you on the program. Thanks for doing this, and have a great weekend. Hey, right back at you. Uh, you and Michael have a terrific weekend. Thanks for having me on, and uh, I'll get my uh, uh, my connections uh, uh, working so that I can be a full-fledged uh, guest next time around. You're the best, Tom. You be well. Thanks so much. All the best, Hasselrama. Take care. All right, there he is, Tom Manect. Follow him on Twitter at the Sport Market. Um, great stuff. And, you know, as I said, we could, you know, we do want to get to some of the other topics of what the actual games going on. But um, when it comes to what we're doing right now, as well as you know, just the, I mean, the whole landscape of the business that we were in for the last ten years is significantly changing. And Tom's really has his finger on the pulse of that. Watching the current changes and. Needless to say, with the, um, you know, with this going to the Senate, um, you know, we've been talking about betting for a long time. You're going to see a ton more of it in so many different places. And um, uh, we'll continue to do it here and uh, with our friends at Cool Bet Canada. All right. We got JT coming up in just a second. I do want to thank Not Auto Corp for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk from day one. Why not get into the vehicle of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Not Team? Pop down and visit them at Waverly and McGilvery or check out their site online at not.ca. All the incredible vehicles on the lot. They do body work, repairs, detailing. It really is the one-stop shop for all things automotive. And if you're looking to maybe get out of a lease or a vehicle you're in right now, talk to them about their consignment program to help you get the car that you want and get max value for the one that you have right now. And of course, Little Brown Jug. Um, Father's Day is not going to be too nice outside, folks. So let me just tell you that, you know, Dad might really enjoy the Summer Mixer Pack, which includes the Little Brown Jug Summer Lager, as well as the Little Brown Jug Hefeweizen, the two new summer brews they put out this year. Or maybe just a case of the standard that would be the 1919. If you do like the block lager, it's on special right now, 336 at all liquor marts, select beer stores, and throughout the brand new website. As we've been telling you, ever since Little Brown Jug came on board with us, yeah, you don't even need to go to the beer store. Go to their newly launched website at littlebrownjug.ca. You'll be able to uh, order your favorite Little Brown Jug beers, merchandise, and more. And- and get it delivered directly to your home. Littlebrownjug.ca. And by the way, also pop by the website. They'll keep you updated on their appearances at various farmers markets throughout the summer. Go to the events page on the website for more. Um, and certainly you can kill two birds with one stone. Get some great stuff from Manitoba Farmers. And a couple racks of that delicious little brown jug. And of course, Breezy Bend Country Club. I'm jealous. A few of the boys are out on the course right now enjoying some of this nice weather. But if there's a day maybe not to be on the course, this isn't a bad one too because we are going to have prime time golf at the U.S. Open. We can tell you that Richard Bland is still the leader, although he's given one back. He's four under for his round. He's five under for the tournament. Russell Henley Minus four, Molinari, Rafa Cabrera-Bayo at three under. None of those three have teed off yet. We'll see how many they give back. Right now on the course, you've got Louis Oosthuizen's at two under. John Rahm is at one under right now. And looking for Rory McIlroy. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, even par right now. And Rory McIlroy, did he give a few back? We see 
Oh, yeah, Rory did give a couple back. He's too over par right now, but still looking good to play on the weekend. Big thanks to Breezy Ben, all of our golf reports, courtesy of Breezy. If you're thinking about a great golfing home for you and your family, go to breezyben.ca or give Corey Johnson a call and get on that waiting list for next year's golf season. All right, let's have some fun. It's Friday afternoon. Look who's back on Winnipeg Sports Talk. The one, the only, Jim Tolk. What's up, JT? How are you? Boss, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Fun Friday. I'm looking forward to it. And oh, 1919. I'm surprised I haven't gotten like a little swag come my way. Well, I've you know what? It, it is. It is. Let no, me ask you. The, let me ask you the same question that I uh, I asked Michael Remus at the beginning of the program. Um, like, never mind not being able to wrap my head around the fact that Remus is actually married and with a child. Um, none of that could prepare me for you being a father. Uh, first of all, how is the little guy and how fired up are you for your first Father's Day? Well, I, uh, I, I, I am fired up and nobody was more surprised than me, as you know, that I'd be a father. So. <laughs> <laughs> my um, but yeah, it's, it's looking forward to it. I'm not a big, um, I'm kind of like my dad, my dad, like your birthday, Christmas, everything. Whatever, oh, I don't need anything. I don't need anything, but I'm sincerely that way. Like if I want something, I usually just go buy it. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it's been amazing. Uh, we've talked several times that there's been a positive in this downtime. It's just being at home and, and watching him grow. Actually, we had a doctor's appointment this morning, and he's very tall, he said. And I, I make the joke when I saw his hair, and I made the other one when we said that the tallness, that I guess there's no need for a blood test. And it only goes over <laughs> well with me and the doctor. Doesn't go well with anybody else. But, uh, yeah, no, it's amazing. Um, and I'm looking forward to it, but this Sunday, but I, I, I'm just as not, not as pumped. I shouldn't say equally, not as pumped, but just as pumped about the little Brown jug, you know, that's uh, one of my new favorite beverages. So when they jumped on board with Winnipeg sports talk and the father's day pack, I'm like, wow, I finally know what I want for father's day. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. You can't go wrong. And I know you well enough. That is a perfect gift. Uh, you know, Alexis, hit, hit, uh, then maybe Thomas can show up with a couple racks for you, and then you can just sit back, drink them all, and watch the final round of the U.S. Open. Sounds good to me. Else, this is going to seem like a shameless plug, but now that things are opening up again, I'm really looking forward to you bringing over some 1919, and we'll get in my Aquatech hot tub finally. Yes, the hot and tub. We'll, we'll do that because I know a lot of people are looking forward to things opening up safely, as always, hopefully. And uh, we'll dive into that and, and share some 1919 Little Brown Jugs and get all caught up face to face. Yeah, no, listen, I can't wait to do that. And speaking of catching up face to face, we'll also well, be able to do that, to do that with uh, ourselves and a lot of friends once we finally get back to IG Field. Uh, great I, news I, for the I Canadian know, Football I know, I, I know I'm always interrupting, but I was so blown away by Ken Weeb's interview yesterday. You know, I, Weber and I are close. <laughs> by the art in the background that I felt like this background wasn't enough. So I created this to try and resemble what Kenny Weeb had. I mean, how many thousands of dollars was that in the background of Ken Weeb's, what is that, the third floor of his mansion yesterday? And <laughs> the Weeb I, compound. I, I, I got to rewatch the program from yesterday because I couldn't concentrate on what he was saying. I was just like, what is that kind of art back there? So, yes, I won't mention what you referred to it on a text message earlier, but yes, folks. I'd like for Father's Day some Ken Weebart. <laughs> uh, if you missed yesterday's show, go back. You'll know what Jim's talking about. Check it out on YouTube. And if you haven't already subscribed to the YouTube page, hit that red button when you're there. And to everyone that's with us on YouTube, hook us up with the like. Always appreciate that going forward. Um, But yeah, man, back to uh, CFL. Green light on the season. Yeah. 
Um, listen, I think we know the situation we're in right now, but we are trending positively. We're seeing it happen in other markets. Um, were you like, I, were you nervous at all about Monday? Or did you think it was a fait accompli? And we know they need to play, but I, you know, just with everything that's gone on, I was waiting to kind of be happy until we knew it was for sure. And of course, we did get that unanimous vote on Monday from the Board of Governors. Yeah, I mean, it was it's exciting news and, and the fallout of it, too. Like I've been watching and listening to you guys and everybody else talk about it, the 14 game schedule. Um, and I was with you yesterday when you said, you know, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that there's no Paula police in the Ottawa Red Blacks and Matt Nichols. But then I'm also like, whoa, whoa, I don't want to complain. About yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just give us the games, whatever. I mean, the whole idea of and I've been super cautious this year, like and, and I know that a lot of people have been and I'm not complaining at all. I don't mind following regulations to keep other people safe, including myself and, and our families, but especially other people else who will be vastly affected by the pandemic health wise. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. And it just, I don't know. I, I mean, I'll ask you too. I know you're super pumped for those three games in August to be at IG field, but it, more happy for the CFL. The CFL needs to go and, and uh, nothing needs to supersede safety and health and everything else. But there's a league that, you know, when the gold eyes are playing in Tennessee and they played in North Dakota last year, it, the, the, the debate was during the pandemic, can you go away and come back? And we all know the four major sports can, but, but can lesser leagues. And, and I was on the standpoint of the gold eyes, like no matter what the cost, you have to stay playing. You have to stay relevant somehow. And we'll find out with the CFL, but financially and everything else, they needed to get a season. And so I'm extremely happy for them. I'm extremely happy for all the fans itself. And, but it just, I know it's only June and the season's in August, but it just seems like a dream a little bit to, to, to start thinking about going to IG field in August, as we like to do, in shorts and, you know, a T-shirt and, and taking some CFL action. So I'm really happy for everybody involved in the league, too. Like, this is – has there been a league more harder hit than this? And then nope. when you think of some of the individuals, and, you know, Medlock's not coming back now. So, I mean, it, we said this when it would happen, uh, when sports stopped over a year ago in that March. And I remember the Jets were in Edmonton, and then, you know, I heard about Rudy Gobert, and I'm like, this, this is it. This is when sports is going to stop. And sure enough, the next day it did – but right away, I thought, as we went on, and even on our, our big show program, we were talking every month about, like, there are some guys that, how did you retire? Was it an injury? Or did you walk out on top? Or did you just not get a contract? Or that will be saying, you know, years from now, a pandemic. A pandemic is how I retired. So, well, and, and you mentioned that. I mean, I'm going to be, and, and listen, here in Winnipeg, it seemed like, you know, most of the Grey Cup championship squad is signed and returning for the most part. But again, that news today of Medlock not coming back certainly significant but man i think when we get to opening weekend in the canadian football league and maybe less so in winnipeg but look at these rosters around the league i think the turnover is going to be stunning to some people and at the same time with two college years of talent coming out of the ncaa i think i was talking to dunk about this yesterday it wouldn't surprise me if we're talking at the week six or seven mark and looking at the league leaders and impact players at a whole bunch of positions and have a whole bunch of new names and faces that we don't even know who they are right now as we speak. Well, it makes me think of, and, and I tell a lot of Doug Brown stories because we both know him well and, and have hung out with him in his retirement. But I remember when he retired and asked him, because I think he was an all-star the year he retired. And I remember asking him and, and saying, like, you know, why now? Why? And he said, well, at my age, he said, it takes me probably four, four and a half to five hours in the off season a day to be able to perform as an all-star. 
Now, do I have to do that? No. Could I probably play a year and maybe not be as good, but still pretty good and stuff. But the work it takes to put into it, he said, I'm just at that point where I, I'm good. Like it's been a good run. And he had, a, a, as most in the CFL, a really good opportunity outside of the game to pursue and everything else. So it was all influential. But I think about that when the CFL said it was coming back. And I'm like wondering how many guys that have been off for more than a year in their 30 plus. I mean, think of a Milt Stiegel. Remember when Milt Stiegel had to be not convinced, but like thought about it, had to have his family move up here to do one more final year and everything else. As good as in shape, as good as, as fitness as Milt Siegel is, I wonder if he would do it after a year off in his 30s. And, and I think there is going to be massive turnover. Um, and that means opportunity. Maybe more stars who are looking to play will come up. Um, some untapped talent. But I think the, the familiar names in the 30-plus range, I think, are just going to go by the wayside. Not just because maybe it's been a year of, of non-contact and just working out, but also because I, I don't really know if I want to dial it up for 14 yeah, years. Yeah, no, I think there's a lot of guys that, you know, and and Justin Dunk mentioned this. I mean, they're not technically retiring because they might have to give money back, but they might just not show up and then be on the suspended list because especially for CFL players, with the way this went down, they, like so many of us, had to pivot, figure yeah. out a way to pay the bills and, you know, put food on the table for their families and, you know, again, you know, to shake that up, to come back and play one more season and then go back to that not realistic for some. So it certainly will be interesting. You know, I, I have to give a quick shout out to the YouTube chat because over the course of the last few months, we've seen Sean's headband, Kenny's water bottle, Remus's mute button emerge on Twitter, on YouTube. But this one might be the best one. We've got a question, Jim, from Jim's baby mama. And uh, Jim's baby mama, uh, just wondering if a hot dog is a sandwich. Everyone knows a hot dog is a sandwich, right? But um, I just wanted to make sure that I recognized a new member of the YouTube chat, Jim's baby mama. We, we had a discussion about five months ago. And it was... Um, as you know, my girlfriend, formerly in the business and the marketing side of it, now out of the media, but we said, I go, you know, if there's one question that's a go-to in radio when there's nothing going on, is hot dog a sandwich or not? <laughs> and she was like, what? And I'm like, I'm telling you, like, no matter what province I lived in, no matter what city I worked in, that, so she's like, what are you guys going to talk about today? And I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, ask him if a hot dog is a sandwich. So just ignore that. Ignore you know what? I you know what? I think maybe maybe this is actually her. Maybe this is her new YouTube thing. She, she was the one that came in and asked if a hot dog was a sandwich. So uh Alexis, well, let you're say out there. Publicly. Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk. <laughs> let me say this publicly. It'd be the first time she took an interest in sports talk. <laughs> no, that's what we're doing. We're bringing the community together here, Jimmy. Um hey, listen, uh you well, know what? Wait, wait, is hot dog a sandwich? Uh, yeah, I think it is for sure. It's meat inside of bread. I mean, why I wouldn't it I can't be? believe you're like, like you're the king of cheese pizza, right? Uh, well, not really cheese pizza. I would get well, pepperoni. Well, or... I think it, no, it was Ezzy, Ezzy from the illegal curve. Cause I remember when you had the, you don't put ketchup on a hot dog unless you're a child, which I find is ridiculous, but I don't like mustard, but we went for a couple brews after a Jets game years ago. And uh, at the Grove, I believe, and the illegal curve are sitting at the table next to us. And we tried to order food and they're like, well, you're too late. And so when their meals came, like we could just get service, no food. So when their meals came, 
as he said to us, do you guys want a, a slice of my cheese pizza since you can't get food? And Rick Ralph said, cheese pizza? What are you, seven? Is this a party? So hot dog ketchup, cheese pizza. Yeah, I'm on the cheese pizzas for seven-year-olds. I'm not on the, the ketchup hot dog <laughs> Hey, um, you know, just while we're having some laughs here, I want to give a shout out to Sean Lishka, who's here. He claims that it's not a sandwich. That's not true. But more importantly, we need to give Sean a big congratulations for his incredible run in the Steinbach online Steinbach's manliest man contest. And I think the Fernando army, as Sean said, was was strong. They were grinding, voting throughout the night. And I think it will be Fernando's win. But but an incredible performance by Gitch, who is an incredible manly man. But there was many people going, Jim, I know you don't live in Steinbach, but maybe you should have thrown your hat into the manliest man contest for Steinbach online. I, and I would until I heard Gitch was on it. And then I'm like, wow, there's no competition there. Plus, you throw on the heater he does on with those parlays and I can't compete. So good for him. Uh, uh, great, great mustache, by the way. Not just November, year round. Uh, yeah, it's such a good look. And that's the thing. People thought that that picture that he put up was, you know, someone taking a weird, wacky picture to throw up. No, every picture you take of him is like that. Like he lives that. He walks that walk 24 7, 365. And I mean this with all respect intended, no disrespect. He looks like the chef from the Muppets most times. Like if you put that. <laughs> He's a cook, like he can cook, and then you put the hat on him, and there you go. Deliver Man. a mean, deliver a mean pie too. Jim Toast with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. We haven't spoke since the end of Jet season. Before we talk about the off season, um, like I said to Ken yesterday, I mean, I, I don't know, we're a, a week. I, I still just can't get over or believe the way it fell apart so fast after the first round. I mean, what what did you make of the uh, the quick exit in round two to the Habs? Well, it was alarming. It was shocking. I, I, I shouldn't say alarming. I'm not as alarmed as everybody else. I am shocked. Like, you lose any series like that, whether it's the first round or any other round, and I think it raises some question marks. But I, And I hate to pile on them a little bit more, but I will because I think it was a factor. I've done other shows, and I've said this the same thing. The Mark Shifley suspension, because game one, they were just rusty. Nine days in a playoff series is, is a long time to go before you get your legs under you. Game two, they didn't look good at all. Um, And and it was a one goal. Like, I I can understand how Maurice and the rest of the Jets were trying to spin it as, well, look, it's a lucky bounce. But they didn't look good. They didn't play well. Um, And if they even won that game, I would still have a raised eyebrow about how they won it. They did not. But I think two things. I think the Jets were shocked that Mark Scheifele was the guy who did that hit. And I think they were more shocked that he got four games. And I think it took some wind out of their sails. And um, it's not the only reason they played that poorly. It's not the only reason they couldn't get anything going. But I think it's one of the major ones. I really do. If anybody else lays that hit, I just, I think it's like you and I. We're shocked that Mark Scheifele laid that hit. And then I was on board. I thought he was going to get two games. First time offender, real nice guy, part of the return to play committee, all the things he does with the NHL. Not that that stuff should factor in when judging a hit, but that stuff does. When I look at Tom Wilson and what he got away with and and didn't get suspended and some of the other ones, it just was a bizarre time to send a message in the league and to Mark Shifley. But I think a two things, I think it shocked his teammates that he did that. And I think B 
um, they were stunned that it was four games. I thought they thought that they could get away with two and he'd be back and they would might have to lose another game or whatever without him. So, because they just played uninspired, they played dead, they couldn't get their feet moving. And, and that's something that, you know, you can talk systems and I give full credit to Montreal. Look, they're rolling and, and they play well. And if you don't get a lead on them, it is tough to get anything towards the net. And then you have Carey Price. But it just seemed like that extra gear that you often find in the swing. Of mo- was there a swing of momentum in game three and four at all? No. no? Yeah, it was the opening faceoff. Yeah. I mean, so, <laughs> and, and what time do you see a playoff game where there isn't at least some momentum for each team? And I, I just like, I wonder about that. I wonder that, you know, and then when Mark came out and was even more stoic about, you know, the fact that he got railroaded and all this. Um, I just think that maybe there's a belief there that, that they got something taken away. I, and I'm not quantifying it that that's why they lost the series or swept it, but I think it definitely took some wind out of some of their sails. But I also think us, this team was exposed. I mean, we know the defense and all that. And as much as I like the Andrew Cobbs and the Mason Appletons and everything else, and for as much as I hear that, you know, Wheeler's a third liner and, he, uh, and, and some of those guys need to move into the top six, where was it? Where was the secondary scoring? A harp on the star is all you want. I'm fully on board with that because in the playoffs, your best players have to be your best players. But where was the secondary scoring? Other than Adam Lowry, there was little production. And I, and I don't Stanley. Know <laughs> Big Stan. Stanley, the high heater twice. But I mean, so I, I've been on this for a while. They need a defenseman, Dougie Hamilton, whoever. You can throw the names out there. They need a defenseman. They can't wait for these young guys, even if Hanola, Sandberg are ready. They need a big veteran defenseman. And, and the problem is, is you normally draft those guys. The Petrangelos of the world go to free agency maybe once every couple of years. You have to draft them. And secondly, I've been on this for two years, and Westy and Rewicks and everybody else who listening will know this. They need a Corey Perry. They need a Pavalski in that bottom six. They really do. And I like Stasny, but if you're not going to play him in the bottom six, you need somebody else that's going to produce. And everybody balked at Corey Perry. And I give Troy Westwood a lot of credit. He said, he goes, at 750, you wouldn't bring Corey Perry to Winnipeg? I know he'd be vilified and all that. There's a reason why come playoff time, and people harp on Maurice for it, but, but most coaches go with, with some veteran experience. And it's because you need guys like that. And and I'll even bring up the, you know, the, the Trevor Lewis who had a great year. I mean, I thought he played okay against Montreal, but they just he's not going to score you a ton of points. I think they need a veteran scorer to play in that bottom six, and I think they need a defenseman, and you need some more you know, other pieces added into that. But to why they were swept by Montreal, I don't think even if Mark Scheifele was in the lineup or Billy Hainola, they were going to beat that team. They might have got a game. But I think it's a real question mark. Like, I'm perplexed, not to the point of you got to burn this thing to the ground, but I am perplexed on why there was just no gear found for four games. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree, uh, JT. Uh, Jim Tosa, this here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Great to have Jim back on. Hit that like button if uh, you haven't already, and make sure you're subscribed to the channel. And shout out to everyone listening on podcast. Uh, if you're on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review and uh, rating and uh, maybe a, a couple nice words on a review. That would be a big, big help. Um, so, Jim, I'm going to ask you this. I asked Ken this yesterday. We're sitting here. It's the, what, the 18th of June. We've got a month or so till the expansion draft. Yes, exactly. With that beautiful art. Um, so, for the expansion draft, we know that Shifley, Wheeler, Ehlers, Connor, Dubois, and Lowry all for sure protected. That's six of seven, meaning Andrew Kopp, RFA, 
Mason Appleton signed, making less than a million, still under team control. And I guess we'll throw in Jansen Harkins in that group. But to me, you're basically looking at Cop or Appleton. And then on the blue line, let's assume that Morrissey and Pionk are automatic protects. You have to decide between Logan Stanley or Dylan DeMello. First of all, who are you protecting? Uh, like, is is Cop the guy for sure, automatic, and Mason Appleton is is exposed? And between Dylan DeMello and Logan Stanley, right now, if you're Shevel Day off and Francis is not interested in doing a deal, which one do you protect? Oh, I, if Cop signs, I protect him. Uh, the problem with Andrew Cop is he's been to arbitration, and he's probably going to want some money, and he had a career year, and I, I get that. Um, but I, I just look, I like everything about both players. Um, but I, if I'm looking to win in the next two to three years, it's Andrew Cobb. I think Andrew Cobb's going to do more than Mason Applin. Mason Applin is going to continue to develop. He's going to continue to get even better than he already is. But if you're looking to win next year and the year after, which I've always been on this two to three year window, I think you go with Cobb. On the blue line, I, I'm with you. I, I would have said Dylan DeMello for three quarters of the season, and now I'm, I'm Logan Stanley. The ELC helps with that and, and the contract. And I just think as much as the Jets need Dylan DeMello and as much as he is a good defenseman at $3 million, you can find those guys. And so I take the ELC and the potential of Logan Stanley. Um, and, and the other aspect is is I, I like everything I've seen from Logan Stanley at, for a rookie season. There's some improvement there for sure, but so far. But I don't know what he is yet completely. But what I've seen is positive. I know what Dylan DeMello is, and I know yeah. what you're going to get yeah. from him. And, and he, listen, it's, he, it's really good stuff. Yeah, and it's important. But, There's no doubt. I mean, you know, he's, he doesn't drive any offense, but, man, I mean, you know, it, we saw how important he was when he wasn't playing in that series. Yeah, exactly. Here, here's, the, here's the thing. And, you know, as much as, like, from a Jets perspective, I mean, I don't think they can afford to lose either of those guys. And, you know, it could very well be Kevin Sheveldayoff goes in and does some sort of a deal where – there's some asset going forward and they take another guy like they did the first time. But if that doesn't happen um, and listen, I there's some great points on, you know, the importance of Dylan DeMello and why he would be a guy that Seattle's picked. I have to admit though, I think that if Mason Appleton is unprotected and they can get him to come in and play in that middle six with some great potential going forward under team control on that deal, um, I, I'm not sure it's an automatic that DeMello gets picked. I mean, I think you, you yeah, know, maybe I, it might even lean more on the Appleton side. And I guess a big part of that is seeing what other defensemen are available and exposed by other NHL teams. That's a big part of it as we're just focusing on one team. Uh, but I don't think it's an automatic that DeMello would get picked. I do think that if Logan Stanley was available, I think he gets picked. I think just the the potential of such a unique player at his age coming off that rookie season would be too much to pass up for, for Ron Francis. Well, and the other thing is, and, and this shouldn't, th- again, I'm thinking of it in a two to three year win. Like we have a two to three year window to win. Who's going to help us the most automatically right now. Like, like did Logan Stanley play as good as Dylan DeMello? I don't know. Defensively, maybe not, but I mean, he's going to put up more points already than Dylan DeMello is in a season. Um, so it depends how you want to build your team and go forward. But for everybody who's sitting here, like it's so easy to go Logan Stanley, ELC, Dylan DeMello's older. You know, if he gets picked, pick, we can find another guy. But you, in my opinion, if you want to think what the Jets are going to do, you have to think in that two to three year window with that core and those contracts of how they're going to win. And I honestly think Logan Stanley does that for you. They've invested a ton in him. They've waited. 
and waited and allowed him to develop. I'm not sure they want to just go, okay, now that he's arrived and looked pretty good for a rookie and is going to get better in his, as his career goes on, do we want to give up on that yet? And I think those are some of the discussions they sit around the table. Then they go, well, okay, if we are okay with giving that up, what do we get from DeMello for the next two years? And what's his production like? And what's this? I just, when you look at it from all angles, there are some benefits more to DeMello, but not enough for me to, to protect him over Logan Stanley. Well, and Remus has put up a poll and uh, a lot of votes are coming in if you're with us live on YouTube. And uh, Logan Stanley, if it comes down to it, it's just very simple. Who would you protect, Stanley or DeMello? Uh, Big Stan is at 71% right now and Dylan DeMello, 72%. And Dylan DeMello is at 28. I don't think I'm really surprised at that. uh, Aside from Vegas, those are the kind of players you get in expansion drafts. Good, solid defensemen with good contracts like Dylan DeMello in in the previous ones other than Vegas. $3 $3 million, blah, blah, blah. There might be better defensemen available, but might be at $6 million. So they go, eh. Then they weigh the other ones. They go, well, this defenseman only has a, a million-dollar contract, but he's not as good as DeMello. Like, that's sort of how they pick and choose. But I'm with you. Like, I, I think – I've said who I would think will be protected, and I think it's Appleton or um, DeMello who you're going to see picked unless there's a deal made to keep – But hey, hey, you know who just showed up in the chat a couple minutes ago? Fred Mislachuk. Freddie, Freddie, <laughs> shout out to Fred. He was wondering Freddy. where your beer is, and we know where it is. It's in your Guns and Roses mug that everybody's talking about uh, in the chat, which is uh, <laughs> yeah, has been on the training table for years. And speaking of Ms. Lachuk, we talked about this earlier this week, but shout out to Tyler, yes. won that gold medal in Mexico in the triathlon, getting ready for the Olympics, hoping that we can get him on at some point next week. He's going to be doing training down, I believe, in Arkansas or something like that before they go to Japan. Freddie might be going to the Olympics. He's one of the best camera people in the country. And uh, so his dad, wouldn't that be unique if his dad was actually shooting Olympics? And he yeah, was- get him on the triathlon beat. Get him on the triathlon yes. beat. Anyways, great to have Fred here. And lots of people loving the fact that you're here. I can say, uh, Sean Gitch has said that the uh, he's officially the second manliest man in Steinbach. If you need your tire changed, call Fernando. <laughs> Who won? <laughs> Oh, man, that is excellent. Um, JT, listen, before we go, um, we are going to be getting into some NFL talk soon. Uh, We haven't had a chance on this station to talk about your Bears, Justin Fields. I think it's going to be, I mean, Matt Nagy says it's going to be Andy Dalton starting week one. But, um, you know, the Bears have gone through some quarterbacks. We know how important it is to get that guy. How fired up are you for Bears season knowing that, um, you know, you got potentially a stud QB coming down the pipe? Yeah, well, I mean, I I knew I, the guy went number two, Zach, the BYU kid is who I was hoping they would get, but I didn't think they would fall down. as a, and, and I thought, well, once they get to nine or ten, if the guy that they want is there, they're going to make a trade, and they did that. So Justin Fields. Now, I, I, I'm shell-shocked as a Bears fan when it comes to quarterbacks. So when they even when they drafted Justin Fields, I wasn't jumping off my couch right away because I'm like, okay, i got to know all, everything about this. But as I was sitting there reading about Justin Fields, I had some CFL people and Tate was one of them. And he was, and, and um, some other football people sort of texting me and and sending me messages going, this guy's going to be great. And I remember replying to all of them going, okay, is he's going to be decent, good starter, whatever. No, no. They said all the reports, all the people they've talked to is Fields is going to be outstanding and really shouldn't have been dropping like he, he was. So I just read a report prior to coming on with you too, that he, in a scrimmage today in uh, bears camp, he threw a red zone interception 
and then went on to throw about six touchdown passes on the next six possessions. So I think it's great. Everything I've been reading about is Andy Dalton. He himself, Justin Fields, has come out and said Andy Dalton's taken him under his wing. Um, him and his wife have taken him for dinner. They sort of, you know, he's fully on board with sort of mentoring this kid as they go forward. Now, whether that means I'm happy to mentor him unless I get benched for him in week five, who knows? But I think it's a perfect situation. And I'm I'm all for, uh, you know, having them sort of move them along slowly this first year, like Patrick Mahomes, who sat dude, dude, the, Yeah, listen, the Mahomes-Alex so, Smith comparison is, I mean, it almost yeah. is the blueprint right now. And I know when you're spending a there. high pick. Nagy uh, was there when they did that in Kansas City. Exactly. So, and that, that's I'm what all, I'm seeing. all for it. I think it's fine if he sits this year. You, you're paying Andy Dalton a lot of money anyway. I don't know what the old line's going to be like. It wasn't very good last year, so... Sorry, Andy, but if you want to take a few more hits until they solidify that up in another year and go forward. But I, I truly honestly believe, and I've never said this before um, since the McMahon days, but they finally have the guy that for the next 10 to 12 years is going to be the guy. So and I'm, more than wait, I'm more than ready to wait one more season for that to happen if that's what it takes. Well, and the funny thing is, if you're an NFC North guy, I know there are probably a lot of Viking fans in the chat. There's probably one or two demented Lions fans that we know <laughs> and the Bears people. fans everybody pumped up of what's going on in green Bay right now with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the longer this goes and he stays away, I'll say one thing. He seems like a very stubborn guy. He's got some other options. He's very, very rich. Um, he's digging his heels in on this. And that the longer we get, the less likely it seems like Aaron Rodgers is going to be the green Bay quarterback this year, which is, I mean, completely changes the landscape of the division with Jordan love going in and loves apparently look good and taking advantage of the opportunity. But um, man, like filling those shoes in Green Bay, Wisconsin for the Packers. Um, man, that that's a situation that I mean the entire league is looking at. But as a as a NFC North rival, you must just be loving every second of this. Oh yeah, I mean I've been giving <laughs> it to to Sarah Orleski and and Mark Chuby, all the Packer fans that we know. I, I've just been, but I will say this: as as much as I detest the Packers, I think this is sad. I think this is, you know, guys like this, I'm a big fan of, and even my own sports teams, I don't buy many jerseys, but I'll buy a jersey if you started and retired with one of my teams, like the Jeff Bagwells of the world or the Brian Erlachers of the world. So I I think this is sad, but I think we're going to see more of this because didn't, you know, Tom Brady, of all the things he did last year, didn't he show a lot of guys that you don't have to willow away or wallow away for, for five seasons to your retirement where you're at? moving organizations when the we've never been in a, a better time where athletes have more power isn't such a bad idea i mean you think tom is hating moving from foxborough to florida there is the one the caveat is that brady was a 20-year member of the patriots that was an unrestricted free agent well rogers, all, rogers has a contract i mean yeah, like no, that's the thing he that. can't just choose where he's at like he's but kind of we, deciding that he's making the move himself regardless of his contract if we had longer time i would get into this because the idea that athletes can start telling the gm who to go get and who not it started with lebron james that i have a major problem with i have no problem with an athlete sitting down like a blake wheeler and going Oh, you want to get this guy? Yeah, I know him. I think he'd fit great, blah, blah, blah. I have a big problem with you. you got to get me this. you got to get me that. you got to do this. Rodgers, though, has a point. I get that. But let's also remember that Rodgers has been to some NFC champ- or some uh, NFC championship games. It's not like he's not having success. And is he literally sitting there going, we're a receiver away from being good? Or, uh, uh, like, they're constantly in the playoffs and winning that division. 
I can understand instead of wanting out to sit down and go, let's get me this. Let's work together on this. But um, I, I mean, it's it's sad, but I'm also elated to it. And good riddance. See you, Ron. <laughs> I don't go to California and whatever. We'll never see you again. And Justin Fields will come in and be the new quarterback of the NFC. Um, and and I just uh, that's Jared Goff actually. Jared Goff, uh, the li- yes, the Lions, the Lions have arrived. They got Penny Sewell. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's this day and age of the. I just think it, it. More and more athletes have pushed all in on where they want to go and what they want to do, and it hasn't turned out horribly. Look at Kevin Durant right now. I mean, sat out an entire year, and now he's got Steve Nash as a coach. He's got two of the best players in the NBA coming in to surround him. Like they went and get James Harden. It's just that era of an athlete. And I think that, you know, five years ago, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers pulls this, but now he's got some examples of guys going, you know what? Moving on isn't all that horrible. And it can be quite nice. And the reason I say that is, do you ever remember a season where we saw more of Tom Brady? Like all he is is out in public. He's on Instagram. He's shooting all these videos. He's getting his off the ball. his social media game. Like I don't know whether he has a guy like a guy that yeah. he went back into so, England, but, but it's so good. Before. It just no. seems like he's having way more fun. And 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 how could you not being away from Belichick, who's like you know the the principal at your boarding school that wouldn't let you do anything? But he just and I think other athletes see that. And I think they go, you know what? If like Aaron can be going, if I go to San Francisco. I mean, I'm already hosting Jeopardy. It's California. I'm from there. And if I could get the 49ers, who are pretty close, to like, is it so horrible to stay to leave Green Bay? So I just think that's happening more. I do think it's sad because I'm a tradition guy. Like, I, I think it would be great if he just retired as an all-time great Packer. But Brett Favre came back. He's an all-time great Packer. Another example, even if he goes somewhere for three or four more years, it's not like they're going to forget he was Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Yeah, no, it, I mean, uh, listen, hey, Joe Montana went to the Chiefs. I yeah. mean, it, do, it does happen, and um, but it's just interesting and, of Rodgers forcing it. How about Brady getting off that Super Bowl parade boat all Milwaukee? Girl? <laughs> you know what I'm you talking know. about us. Hey, listen, he uh, he went off the TV 12 diet for about three hours and uh, had to be carried out. But, uh, hey, good for him. He won it. He and Mahomes <laughs> are on the cover of Madden 22. We saw that the, the, the launched yesterday. Um, I said, I just want another crack at those guys. I'm glad he's coming back. I'm glad they're basically bringing back their entire team. Um, we'll see whether we can get that rematch going forward. Hey, before we go, JT, um, U.S. Open is on right now. Uh, who uh, who are you backing? Who are your guys? And uh, what have you thought about uh, the uh, the tournament so far? Well, I mean, it's outstanding. And, and by the way, I just watched about a week ago that HBO documentary on Tiger Woods. And heavily in there is that round, uh, that weekend at Torrey Pines. And it, you forget how amazingly good he was. The best, probably the best golf anybody's ever played in the history of the game at that. So that's a great, that HBO Tiger special uh, or documentary. But I was with you with Brooks Kepka. I mean, I listen to you. I watch. And, and Brooks Lord is looking said, good. Brooks you know, is looking good. Rose. I also go with my favorite, Jordan Spieth. Um, and then uh, I forget. I think I think. But I, I had Kepka. And I went with Jordan Spieth as a, as a sort of dark horse. Oh, and I also went with, I saw Rewicki Wicks was on your show, and he said Corey Morikawa, and I thought, yeah, I'll take a flyer on him. Yeah, Morikawa needs a big round. He His putting stunk yesterday. I mean, yeah. I think he three-putted 18 for, you know, turned a, a birdie into a bogey and finished it four over. That being said, I think by the time we get through this final round, four under, I know it's saying the projected cut right now was plus two. 
it'll probably end up being more like plus four, I think, once these guys get out there in the afternoon. And that means guys like Morikawa and Victor Hovland and Tony Finau, Gary Woodland, that, you know, were three over, four over yesterday. You know, if they can shoot even par, they're probably there on the weekend. And I mean, who knows what the winning, what the top score will be. This uh, this 48-year-old English dude, Russ and Russ, Richard Bland, was yeah. four, four under today. What a round. He is in the clubhouse at five under. Um, that's going to be a tough, tough number to beat. But I think most people would expect that come the weekend, he'd probably come back a little bit. So those guys in the mix, Hendley, Usti's three under, and he's only got four holes left. So Usti isn't in a very good position. But we'll see whether some of these other guys can make a run. And Bubba Watson today, three under par. He's two under, playing the 18th hole right now. So in a very, very good spot. And, of course, John Rahm's two under. You know he'll be there on the weekend. And what a bizarre – I still can't get over how bizarre that was at the Memorial with him getting told on the 18th green with a six-shot lead that he had to withdraw because he was uh, tested positive for COVID. Just a bizarre situation. Got out of quarantine on Wednesday, and there he is in the uh, top six right now at uh, at Torrey Pines. Good for him. Yeah, that was a bizarre situation for sure. But, I mean, I it, it's it's great golf. So, I mean, it's it, watching these guys and, and how, like, just – uh, and, and I mean, how phenomenal has been the DeChambeau Brooks kept up? <laughs> and, and Did you see on, Bryson? I'm not, I'm not a Bryson fan at all, but good on him for embracing this and like not, you know, getting all upset with it and stuff and jumping around in the background and all that. But watching these guys, you know, just go off these greens or, or, or a shot, just the length you run trying to read the wind. I mean, it's, it's outstanding golf watching them try to do this. Can you imagine Bryson and Brooks paired with each other on Sunday? That would be... Like that, that's the that would be rate. Like I don't think anything would get Tiger in contention ratings like right now in today's game with him not in the tournament. But that's the next thing. I, I mean, if they if they were the final group on Sunday at the U.S. Open, that would be the closest thing to getting the interest of casual people that don't really pay attention to golf. They'd be tuning in to see those guys go head to head. I, I could watch my beloved Hungary in the Euros and then go right over to the biggest battle between two golfers and and how funny was that when they met they announced the next match and brooks tweeted at aaron Rodgers and said sorry about your luck dude <laughs> i mean it's, it's it's great for sports i mean it's it's great to get these rivalries going and, and having fun like this but yeah i mean if they they paired up again and why like does bryson hate him like i know that brooks hates him and they don't get along like i know bryce doesn't get along with him but he's just sort of downplaying this so much that it seems like like I want I want Bryson to at least tell me like do did you guys have a falling out what how did this all start He claims that it's all Brooks he doesn't care it's uh I don't know the the truth That's somewhere. what I mean Take They're both off. weird dudes they're both easy to not like um sometimes I mean I'm a big Brooks guy just because he's been so good to me when I've supported him in some of these majors I will ride with Brooks going forward especially in a tournament like this but as I said it's certainly fun to talk about and golf needs some of this although I don't know if Brooks looked too good rewarding everyone that got kicked out for harassing DeChambeau at the tournament last week or two weeks ago with a case of Michelob Ultra from his sponsor. That was maybe a little over the top, but as I said, it was just a little bit more gas on the fire. Well, they started doing it to him now, too. They've started calling out Bryson when he tees off, when Brooks tees off now, too, and stuff. So, Well, you know what? And, uh, and uh, you know, we've had, uh, obviously, people fired up that you're back with us on the program today. People wondering, why isn't Jim live from the hot tub? Huge miss. And then Remus brought up, 
we've got to do a hot tub stream at some point. So as yes. we as we uh, continue to grow and get the technology that we need to do remote uh, remote episodes, um, we will accept your invitation and we will come by for a hot tub party on Winnipeg Sports Talk at some point, Jim. I will keep up my Brooks Kepka routine. I will lift like there's no tomorrow for the next two months, two hours a day. So we can get into the Aquatech hot tub. You bring over the little brown jug, 1919s, and we'll do a live show from here. And then we'll discuss some football <laughs> and get some stories going. And that might be the perfect time to recap the history of which, what is a forthcoming book, either in our retirements or not, but it's coming the history, the story of the Sunday night NFL ticket show. Oh my God, that too. The oral history of the TSN 1290 years. I mean, we're, we will have plenty of content that we'll be getting. We'll take a few days off and that's what we'll put in its place. And I know people will love it. JT, this is so much fun. Let's do this again soon. And uh, have a happy Father's Day on Sunday, buddy. Yeah, thank you. And happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. And uh, everybody keeps supporting Winnipeg Sports Talk. Haas Remus and the crew doing great stuff. GNR, take yeah. care. And, uh, and you just make sure to let you know, thank her for popping in the chat. Tell Jim's baby mama a hot dog is, in fact, a sandwich. Have a good one, dude. Have a great weekend. Oh, the Ken Weaves are fire. <laughs> yes, uh, make sure to check out yesterday's show for the art. Again, I can't refer to it as what Jim called it in a text message, but it was very funny. And uh, there were a lot of people talking about that yesterday. Great stuff with JT. Um and of course, Father's Day is here on Sunday. And we talked about, you know, maybe getting a Nick and Nicky DQ cake for dad. How about taking care of the old man with some Boston pizza on the weekend? And it's not really going to be barbecuing weather. So how about that game day meal? Dad loves that. The spicy pierogi pizza, the meteor pizza, a case of 24 of BP's delicious wings. It's an incredible deal right now. You can order it for delivery or for takeout. As well, check out those pizza flights. A great pizza, under 20 bucks, three six-inch specialty pizzas, three dips. Great way to kind of try a number of different things on the menu all in one shot. And, of course, the uh, Boston Brutes, the salads. They got it all at BP. And we are counting down the days to uh, getting those BP lounges open and getting back together with you, the Winnipeg Sports Talk listeners, with a few get-togethers once we are able and it is safe to do so. Thanks to Boston Pizza, bostonpizza.com for online ordering or call your local BP for takeout or delivery tonight. Um, big shout out to Aikens Lake. Got some great news. They are back in business reopening, um, you know, with some restrictions unfortunately big molly's bar is not going to be open until is allowed to do but um listen as far as getting out on the water with world-class fly-in fishing less than two hours from the city of winnipeg aikens lakes the place find out more july there are openings as most of the americans have had to be pushed to august or september based on the border uh find out more akinslake.com or at akins lake on twitter and maybe we'll see you out there at akins this summer and of course, the Cinnaboy Downs continues live racing on Monday, asdowns.com. Check out their YouTube page. We've been having a lot of fun betting on hpibet.com and watching the races with the guys from the Cinnaboy Downs on their YouTube page at 6.45 before every day of live racing. It's ASD Live. Kirk Stretch Marshall will give you all the tips on what you need to be looking for in that evening's races. And as far as HPI bet goes, you don't have to wait till Monday to bet on Cinnaboy Downs. You can bet on horse racing around the world simply and easily and watch it right there on the channel as well at hpibet.com. Remus and I will renew the Duel at the Downs with our picks coming up on Monday's show. 
Uh, we do have to get to the cool bet lines. We'll take another check uh, look at the U.S. Open leaderboard. But right now, let's get Remus back in here and uh, get ready for the weekend. Lots of fun with JT today. And uh, I don't know what was up with Tom's connection, but once we actually got him on the phone, Reem, um, that was a really great interview. It seemed like a lot of people in the chat enjoyed it. And uh, I think it actually sounded good, despite us going with the old school speaker phone into the mic. Yeah, we've done it twice. Um it w- it's worked pretty well, but uh, I guess I'm going to have to start looking into a backup solution uh, for when that happens uh, next time. Because um, you never know people's internet, but I guess we could do some more testing. I talked with Tom. We'll have it figured out for the next time he comes on. I always love talking with Tom. A lot of different uh, avenues you can hit. Uh, and we did, uh, what, sports media business and the wagering. I also had um, NFL's very, um, very strict uh, vaccine rules going ahead next season and actually has, I think it's going to have some fantasy implications because if a guy's not vaccinated, he's a close contact. He's going to have to sit out a game. So you may want to know that vax list when you're putting your rankings together, but that's a bit, that's a ways away. So I think I'm glad you brought this up. I'm glad you brought this up because uh, my man, cool bees, Cole Beasley is, uh, is very, very angry with the NFL PA. He said that the NFL PA is a joke for, agreeing to these vaccination rules and i'm not sure if he's hashtag anti-vax for life but he doesn't seem to be too pleased about it says it's bogus and i'll be interesting to see if there's many other mm-hmm. players that do that because as it's been laid out if you're vaccinated you can you know basically utilize everything as normal if you're not you're going to be separated from everybody else dealing with a lot of stuff i mean it's almost like they're just making it guys like just get it and let's get back to normal, which I think the majority of people are on board with. But unfortunately, obviously, uh, we're far from uh, a unanimous feeling on that in pretty much every part of society. Yeah. And, I, and I'm seeing a lot of takes on um, online. It's like being, you know, someone's medical information is their private information. It's like, well, we're talking about every week who's got a broken leg or who's torn something and who's rehabbing. So I don't know how this is. Uh, this would be any different, but. I, I do wonder if we will run into some fantasy and betting implications if there are some guys who have to sit out because um, they chose not to get vaccinated. I just want to know if Cole Beasley is going to drop a new rap uh, about hey. the uh, about the NFLPA and the vax rules. That would be a, that would be a hot banger. A lot of people would be checking it out for sure. And we all remember what happened the last time he dropped a, a, a rap. He not only did play injured, but came up with a big game as we uh, speculated on the warm up before that playoff game. Yeah, and I saw someone, another receiver, dropped a uh, rap track. Wasn't an NFL receiver, but a CFL one. Naaman Roosevelt of the Rough Riders said, CFL's back. I'm dropping a single right what? now on his profile. Yeah, he posted it. Uh, oh, man, I'm going to have to check that it's out. On his, it was I, on I'm, his Twitter. I'm always here for athletes uh, dropping hip-hop songs. I will always give it a listen. I took him a couple times in DraftKings, uh, so he's NYCE18. I, oh, he's got his uh, Apple his Apple Music link in his bio. Oh, here it is. Oh no, that's from 2016. So he's got he's got a track, and I follow a Brandon Alexander too. Former or is he still on the Bombers? I think he is. Brandon we, Brandon Alexander. Yeah, yeah, Brandon yeah. Alexander. So we he, spo- I remember we had him on 1290. And he was talking about how he was really into music. So I follow my Insta. He's got some good. Well, beats I think we have him on during the pandemic, and he said he was just spending all his time laying down bars. Yeah. I believe that is, in fact, what uh, what happened. Um, speaking of CFL oh, yeah. or uh, fellers, <laughs> Will Tarski we'll get... uh, got a shout out in chat too. Sorry, he's a music, good musician as well. He's oh, been doing for some sure. shows. 
We should yeah, have him has on. Been, he has been doing Yeah, we'll definitely get Drew on We need him to point. do a concert. I can't wait to talk to him about the last 18 months because that guy's been living, um, taking advantage of some time, becoming... Well, wasn't it last summer he was doing a bunch of shows at Earl's, or I guess that was 2019. Back he and Strev would set up shop there and charm all the girls and sing uh, sing songs uh, in, in the evening. Um, but the Bombers had Woltarski going out like to some fans' places for shows at your place. It was really neat. Anyways, Drew's a great guy, a lot of fun. We'd love to have him coming up on the program. Uh, we've got an amazing clip to show you coming up in just a second, speaking of CFLers. But first, let's get to the Cool Bet lines uh, for tonight. Coolbet.com, our wagering sponsor. Vegas Golden Knights, minus 161 today. Habs, home dog, plus 142 on the money line. Over-under on tonight's game is 5.5. Meanwhile, over in the NBA, can the Sixers come back from one of the biggest choke jobs in NBA playoff history? We'll find out tonight. They are three-point favorites at the Hawks. Of course, Philly blew a 26-point lead late in the third quarter and lost in Game 5 at home to the Hawks. They're facing elimination tonight. And a little later on, the Utah Jazz will also try to extend their series to seven. A shocking home loss. Playoff P showed up big time. Paul George was a monster in Kawhi Ab- uh, Leonard's absence. Clippers got the one win. They're one win away from a trip to the conference finals against the Phoenix Suns if they can get it done tonight. But Utah, a two and a half point road favorite this evening. And as we mentioned, we've been following the U.S. Open all day. One of the great things that Cool Bet's got going is live betting on the U.S. Open throughout the tournament. So right now, looks like John Rahm may have just popped a birdie recently because Rahm has rocketed up to be the favorite at plus 450. Brooks Kepka is at 6-1 to one right now. He's still yet to tee off for his, his second round. Louis Oosthuizen and Xander Shoffley at 7-1. to one. And then you got to go all the way down to Bryson DeChambeau at 20 to 1. So a pretty clear group of four favorites right now. Live betting throughout the tournament. You can find that all at CoolBet. And if you haven't played there before and want to, we've got a 100% deposit bonus on your first deposit up to 200 bucks. Just use the promo code WST. I'll have a link on our Daily Lines tweet on the Winnipeg Sports Talk Twitter a little bit later on. All right, Reem, uh, there's a couple things we have to get to. Mm. Before we break, yeah. and this is going to be a real tweet for the uh, the people that are with us live on YouTube. If you're listening on the podcast, look for this online because it is one of the wildest things I've ever seen by an athlete sort of screwing around, having fun. Shea Ross, former Bison receiver, now on his way to the Canadian Football League, apparently has a lot of gymnasts in his family, Remus. And uh, why don't we get this video up? Because I'm not even sure how to describe it. A flip, a gymnastics flip in the air, including dunking an Oreo in a glass of milk in mid-flip. I've never seen anything like this. This is the number one viral video of the day uh, right now. Here it is. Look, doing a little cartwheel, back handspring, a little dunk. (laughs) That is insane. Yeah, that is. That's. I love how you can see the milk, um, like dripping off the Oreo. The slow motion <laughs> captured very well. Oh man, that's. Now Darren Rovell tweeted, you know, that's like two hundred thousand dollars of free advertising for Oreo as they fly <laughs> off the shelves. <laughs> well, yeah, USA Today tweeted it out. I'm not sure where they I, got it. What's I'm interesting. 
Yeah. Do you know where uh, that is? No. Uh, isn't it? I thought Darren tweeted out uh, Darren bombing in the Dakota High School. Is that where that yeah, is? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's outside Dakota High School out there in St. B. So Shay uh, Ross getting ready to hit the pros, and everyone's going to know who he is when he shows up at training camp. Uh, as the uh, the Oreo dipping during the flip guy. So great stuff. But listen, we're saving the best for last stream. I have been so looking forward to this. People in the chat, I hope you are ready. Uh, and listen, if you are, if you're on the podcast and you're with us at this point, this is something you might want to get to the YouTube video and see for yourself. Because Remo, we got contacted by a great supporter of ours, Rick Delane who is a, uh, one of the big racers in town as we get ready to get to the Speedway. And he asked us, would we like to be involved in the racing game? And we said, hell yeah, we would. What a great way to bring the Winnipeg sports talk message and, you know, a little bit more visibility, shall we say. And uh, Remo, I am absolutely blown away. Why don't you throw this up and let people know where the next place they're going to see the Winnipeg Sports Talk logo. Look at this beauty right on the hood. We are officially in the racing game with the lane racing. And I am so fired up about this, dude. This is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Uh, when he contacted us and asked for the logo for his car, I was like, yeah, sure. And you were like, I thought it was just going to be like a small thing. It is literally the entire <laughs> hood of this car. So uh, we've been DMing with him. We're going to have to go out and support well, first of all, we're gonna have to go like take a picture with this car, like Bash Absolutely. Brothers, stuff, like like the Bash Brothers poster or something, <laughs> and uh, yes, yes, just ha have a picture on Instagram because that is so cool. And I think this is just like him taking it out for a spin. I don't think it's like fully uh, dolled up or anything. But look at that! How crazy is that? And it's uh, at we, Delane Racing on Instagram. Go give him a like and a follow. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, follow Delane Racing, the official racer, the official our partners on the track this year at the Speedway and so much more. And uh, we're definitely going to go down and check it out. Maybe, and as I said, if we get to a point where they're allowing fans in to do it, that'll be another spot. Maybe we get the whole gang out there together, mm -hmm. have a few 1919s and uh We'll cheer on Rick and the Winnipeg Sports Talk car. And we'll definitely have Rick come on at some point before the season to uh, talk about it and upcoming. That is absolutely the coolest thing that we've had. So uh, shout out to Rick. Shout out to Delane Racing. We are fired up to get on the track with you coming up this this year out at Winnipeg Speedway. Um, well, that's going to be about it, Reem. I am yeah. going to, for folks that uh, haven't had enough of me this week, I'll be doing my uh, shift on Sportsnet 960 in Calgary coming up 4 p.m. Winnipeg time for three hours with Pat Steinberg and the boys. Looking forward to that. And a couple days off, Reem, and uh, right back at it next week. We'll, of course, wrap the U.S. Open. We'll have the latest from the Stanley Cup playoffs, the NBA playoffs, see if the Jays can get their act together and maybe start winning a few baseball games. And, of course, much closer to the CFL season, as well as the winding down of group play at Euro. Uh, we don't have the Jets playing right now. We got to wait for the Bombers. But man, there's still a lot of great sports for us to watch and get into this weekend and next week here on the program. Yeah, one thing that just came out us in chat during the show, Darren Dreger just tweeted, Dominic Ducharme has tested positive for COVID-19. Whoa! And um, he said, waiting official orders... He said, waiting uh, official word, it's believed he's tested positive for COVID and will be sidelined at least 10 days. And then he said, also have to consider close contact issues, if any, as the story develops. 
So we'll have to wait. I don't know what the situation is. We'll have to wait and see. Obviously, Dreger is uh, is tweeting that. But definitely uh, something we will be monitoring. And I know that people, if you're not fully, or sorry, if you are fully vaccinated, close contact doesn't really, doesn't apply. So I guess we'll end up hearing with hearing more details to come. I would say. Yeah, yeah. What a wild story. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, considering, you know, for the most part, the league has been, you know, I'd say relatively lucky. I mean, the Habs had, you know, a bit of an outbreak earlier. And then there was the one, the really bad one with Vancouver. But, um, you know, for a coach in the middle of a playoff series that's had the shots to get it. Anyways, well, that'll certainly be a big story going into tonight's game number five. Hey, before we finish up, um, do you want to give a shout out to everyone that joined us in our DraftKings pool for the U.S. Open? As we speak right now, whoo. Our boy Dustin, Fantasy 204, looking very good. He's got a big lead right now. He's at 182. Um, he's got Robert McIntyre, Ortiz, Casey, Oosthuizen, Shoffley, and Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, so he's looking very good. Steve 87s in second, straight dunk. D dunk? David Lowe. D David Lowe, straight dunk. Or ST. Yeah, yeah dunk. It's called yeah he was dunk. one of the last guys who got him. We put out the tweet, said, who wants in? And dunk said, I'm in. And he, just oh, wanted, yeah. he just wanted to beat me. And, yeah. uh, and I was like, and he is beating you right now. I'm, he is well, you told me Tony Fino was the play, and he's not the play. I, whoa, 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 it's one round in. He's three over. Talk to yeah. me after tonight, and we'll see where Tony you to- Fino is. You told at. me Tony Fino was the play. He- heavy Fino, heavy Fino um, uh, exposure, though. 34%, a very popular pick today. Um, do you have an Arnt? Kevin Arnts, what up, Kev? Uh, Dak 57 over me. Hammerballs, always a contender in our golf pools. Uh, Atomic Kong and Larry Eloy. There is your top 10. I can tell you, I'm not doing too. Oh, Remus is 31st and yeah. I'm 33rd. We're right there, but I got a lot of guys going this afternoon. Brooks, Morikawa, Finau, all going this afternoon. So, um, and, and my guy, the one guy I do have that's great, Remo, 2% ownership, only guy that took him, Dylan Wu. And Dylan Wu is one under through 13 right now. Um, so that's helped me up. We need to see what happens with the rest of the guys. Anyways, gang, that is going to do it for us. Check me on Sportsnet later on this afternoon, 960. If you want, you can listen to that one online. And uh, Remo, before we go, happy Father's Day in advance to you. Happy Father's Day to all the dads with us, as well as to the fathers of all of our listeners and everybody out there. Have a great time with that, if you can, on this Father's Day. Um, once again, thanks to Nick and Nikki DQ. You can get that ice cream cake for dad at any of the four Nick and Nikki DQ locations. Royal Sports might be a great place for a gift for dad. PolicyMe.com, not AutoCorp. Little Brown Jug, you know your dad wouldn't mind some 1919s for Father's Day. Breezy Bend, Boston Pizza. Order. Don't. It's not barbecuing weather. BP for dad this weekend as well. Aikens Lake, Assiniboia Downs, and CoolBet.com. So to all of you, have a great weekend. Have a happy Father's Day. We'll have a big show coming back on Monday, a little more in the Jets offseason. We'll wrap the U.S. Open and much, much more from the playoffs in both the uh, ice and the hard court. Folks, thanks for being with us. We'll see you tomorrow. It's been another great week on Winnipeg Sports Talk. We appreciate it. Hit that subscribe button if you're with us on YouTube. Rate and review on podcast. And make sure you're with us on Monday as we get back at it for another week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for doing it. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. 
Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com. 